This is the Publicity for Pet Businesses podcast with Rachel Spencer. Listen in each week for tips on ways to win media coverage and create content to make sure your pet business stands out from the competition. Okay, so on today's podcast, I'm going to be talking about how to come up with content ideas and how to take the pain out of content planning, because this is something that comes up over and over again. So when I'm talking to pet business owners in my Facebook group and in on calls, planning content and coming up with ideas is something that people do struggle with. And I have got a special guest on the podcast today. It's Janet Murray, who is known as the queen of content, who is going to be talking you through everything that you need to know to take the pain out of content planning. So hi Janet, thanks so much for coming on the show. Thanks so much for having me. So can you tell my listeners who don't know you already a little bit about you and your background? Yeah, so my background actually is like yours Rachel. So I spent the best part of 20 years writing and editing for national newspapers and magazines. So that's what really got me interested in content and how people engage with content. But my thing, I suppose, I help people with now is I help people to build online audiences. So by that, I mean uh, getting more fans, getting more followers, more subscribers, uh, because if you can do that, obviously you're going to make it much, much easier to attract your ideal clients or customers. But I guess that's what it all comes down to. It comes down to content. So if you're creating really engaging content that people kind of want to come back to time and time again, it's going to be much easier for you to grow your following online. And if you can grow your following online, you're going to be able to make more sales. So so I, I guess the, the key thing, like my key program is the Build Your Online Audience program. And that's how I work with most people. But actually the other thing, which I'm sure we'll get to talk about later, is I have a, a content planner. So it's the, well, now that we're the 2021 on social media diary and planner and I have like a membership that goes with that as well because for me the two things kind of go together so you're building an audience you're trying to get more followers and fans subscribers and the only way really to do that is to create really engaging content that really resonates with your ideal customers and clients does that kind of make sense yeah absolutely so um and I have um I've kind of been for for regular listeners, you will probably have heard me mention Janet before because um, I've been working, Janet is my business coach and we've been working together for, it'll be getting on for two years by the time this podcast goes out in autumn 2020. But actually her the, the reason why I decided to work with Janet is because I literally had a moment where I pulled over in the car while I was driving and sent her a message on Twitter because your content really resonated with me. You said something that really related to my situation at the time. And I was like, oh my gosh, I've got to, you know, this really, I need to tell this lady that this this has happened. So it shows how powerful content is. Um, and I believe that's the case for whatever business you have. Yeah, definitely. And I would say that the majority of my clients and customers, they come via my podcast. So that's how they hear about me first. And, and then they usually spend some time getting to know me and they might kind of you know read other other content that I've got out there or take part in webinars or challenges or whatever it is that I'm doing but it is that content it's that connection and often it will be you know just as you described actually there's that one thing that I say or the one thing that I share that really resonates with them and it kind of almost makes people stop in in their tracks and and I think that's the thing the content is the bit that builds the relationship with your audience and I think we can't we can't even begin to make sales, like to turn people into customers or clients, unless we're actually willing to kind of build that relationship. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. So I also um, think it's probably a good idea at this point to define what content is as well. So when I was talking about that moment with Janet, that was from a podcast, but content can also be a Facebook post. It could be a Facebook live. It could be an Instagram story. It could be a tweet. It could be anything. It could be a blog. It can be any kind of content. So all the content that we're talking about in this episode, it refers to, you know, across social media and the own content and the content that you create on your own platform so on your own website um, would you say that, that that I'm right in saying that aren't I Janet yeah I mean I think some, sometimes people get a bit stuck with that. what does content yeah. actually mean but it's exactly that it's anything that you create which is designed particularly in this kind of content marketing uh, context that's designed to attract your ideal customers or clients and the medium in which you you do that it doesn't really matter so it's you know it could be written it could be video, it could be audio, it could be infographics, it could be pictures, it could be photographs. Um, basically, it's any content that you create. It could actually be an event, it could be a, a challenge, it could be an online event, an in-person event, but it's anything that you create really which is about attracting 
the, the your ideal customers and clients towards you and and helping you to kind of you know bring people closer and to build that relationship because that's really what you know marketing and sales is is, is all about you know that the better that we know our customers and clients and the better that they know us the more likely we are to be able to make sales but I think sometimes people do get a bit stuck and they think you know is, is a podcast content is a social media post content it's all content and you don't have to create all of it uh, you don't have to be doing all of those things and we might get to talk about this later but you know focusing on like one or two things and doing them really well is generally better than you know trying to do everything and be everywhere at once but but generally yeah it can be anything that you create which is designed just to to, to bring your ideal customers and clients closer to you and, and actually also your existing clients as well um to to kind of get bring that relationship closer Fantastic. Okay, now that's really helpful. Thank you. Um, so what would you say then are the biggest challenges people face when it comes to content, particularly people who are maybe just starting out or who aren't particularly confident when it comes to, you know, putting themselves out there? Yeah, I have to say, so you and I, we have a big advantage, don't we? Because we we basically were paid to create content for years and years. And I do think it can be really challenging just to suddenly come on, you know, online and you've got this business and people are telling you, oh, just get on Facebook or just do this or start a podcast or do YouTube. And it can feel really overwhelming. But I think um, maybe we can talk about, you know, what mediums you decide to use um, a little bit later. But the key thing, I think, when people are struggling is just that lack of engagement. So we've both worked on newspapers and magazines, and so we probably know instinctively that there's a couple of things that are really, really important. Uh, the first one is timing. So I don't know about you, Rachel, but my editor always used to say to me, like, okay, why do people need to hear about this now? Like, why is it timely? Why is it relevant? Like, why do we need to be talking about this today, this week, next week, whatever it might be? So that part's really important. But I think the other part is is people actually have to care about your content and they have to connect with it emotionally. And you only have to spend a little bit of time, you know, on the Daily Mail website, or you only have to spend a little bit of time, you know, reading uh, an article that's come up into your feed from the sun or the mirror or whatever, and see all the comments and see all the emotion. And and, and I think when people are really struggling to to get engagement, you know, they've just started a Facebook page for their business, or they're just starting to blog on their site and like nobody's engaging with it. It's generally because... I think in order to get people to engage with your content, you need to make them feel something. And we can talk more about what those different feelings are, but you know, that might be about feeling like, you know, that what you've said has really resonated with them. And they're like, yeah, me too. I totally, I, I've experienced that too, or that, that really connects with me. It might actually be about disagreeing with you. It might be about, about, um, you know, actually taking issue with whatever it is that you say. Um, it might be that they're grateful because you're sharing something really useful, which has helped them and saved them time or money or whatever. Um, but it's got to connect with them. I think at the moment we are all so like deluged with content, aren't we? Like we're yeah. flipping from Facebook to Instagram to blogs to Medium to like whatever. And it's coming at us from all angles. So actually content has got to be really, really strong and really, really engaging. And I guess the likes of you and I, because we've been creating content like professionally and we've had to kind of like, you know, we, we, we don't get to put anything out unless it's going to be engaging and we know our audience really well. And we, you know, and that's a key part of it as well as not just create, you know, to create engaging content, you have to really understand your audience and you have to know what's going to, uh, what they're going to find engaging. So I think when people are struggling, it's generally because, a, they don't really understand their audience. So they, don't, they don't really understand who it is they're trying to attract. And B, the, the content is just not landing because people are just like, Ugh, like yeah, yeah, whatever. You know, it's, it's just it just is nothing. They're just not connecting with them. Um, so they're the two key things. And I think it is hard because if you've never had to do that before, if it's quite new to you, and if you're um, you know, if you also find it a little bit uncomfortable being in the spotlight and having your work out in the spotlight, you know, it's, it's kind of tough. There's another side to it as well, which is about, um, it can be hard to get engagement at the beginning just because you don't have the numbers. But I think the key thing is most people are just putting out really boring, boring content. And I think the thing with pet businesses as well, like, oh my God, there's just so much opportunity to create really engaging content that people because people love pets don't yeah. they? and they love their pets so I always get really excited if I get a client that does anything pet related I'm always like oh, brilliant because I just know that it's a real gift content wise but if you're not used to creating content and you don't necessarily get what's interesting it can be tough I do have a little tip for that but does that kind of kind of help in terms of you know why people struggle yeah definitely I think one of the 
one of the things that I hear quite a lot when I'm working with people is that they're worried that they're going to be judged, that they, you know, that they don't, that they'll look silly or that they don't have anything interesting to say. And this is, you know, dog trainers who've got these amazing stories about how they've, you know, helped these rescue dogs or, or something like that. And I'm always like, oh my gosh, you've got really, really interesting things to say. You've, you know, you've got so much to say, but it's kind of getting over, over that, you know, who am I to be saying this block that people have? So what would your advice be um, for that? Because I always say what you've just said, that you've got so much potential there. But, um, you know, it can be difficult, can't it? It's building that confidence, I think. So what would your advice be for, um, you know, for, you know, getting getting into the habit of creating content and not being so, not being afraid of putting yourself out there? Yeah, a couple of things. So the first thing I would say is that most people, and particularly people who go on to run businesses, are generally active on social media, like say at least on Facebook or something. I I haven't met many people, again, particularly with pet businesses as well, I haven't met many people who are not active on their own personal Facebook. And I think where people go wrong is that they imagine that the content that they create, say on a business Facebook page, or even in a Facebook ad, or in a, a an Instagram post or an Instagram story, they imagine that somehow this has got to be different to yeah. what they would put on their personal Facebook feed. So the, the first place I would start is actually to have a think about some of your recent posts on your personal Facebook wall, if you have one or wherever it is that you, you know, even, I don't know, if you don't have Facebook, like what you're texting your friends about or what you're t- chatting about, to you, you know, and that's the kind of content, you know, if you look at, you know, the kind of things that you share on your personal Facebook wall and that get loads of comments. So for example, yesterday, this is not related to pets, but I posted about the fact that I was struggling to get a doctor's appointment. Like people can relate to that because they yeah. had that experience. They're like, oh my God. Um, a few weeks ago, um, I, I posted, it was a while actually about um, me and my husband like arguing over the Hoover. And you wouldn't think in a million years that anybody would be interested in like Hoover's. <laughs> Everybody had an opinion on Hoover and what Hoover we should have. And actually that's actually got a bit of a pet angle as well, hasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Which we can talk about later. But actually, if you think about when you've posted on your personal Facebook, book like what's got lots of comments likes and shares and how can you replicate that kind of thing on your page that's where um th- that's where I think you need to kind of start with it um, and the other problem I think when you're first starting on, on a channel is a bit of a chicken and egg problem so you maybe just opened a Facebook page or you just started on Instagram or whatever and you you don't have many people who've liked your page so that means that not many people have actually seen your content uh, so it's a bit of a chicken and egg situation and there's the, the way that all social media platforms work the way the algorithms work is the more content the more people engage with your content and by engagement I mean like comments and shares they're the sort of gold stars the more people will think oh actually that content's really interesting I'm going to show that to more people but obviously that can be challenging if you don't have many likes on your page you don't have much engagement and people like they think that there's some kind of secret secret trick to this but actually when you first start out you have to just call in a load of favors and you have to go to your family and your friends and your you know ideally people who kind of in an ideal world kind of fit your customer by your customer profile if you possibly can but if you can't we'll talk about that in a sec but mm. I don't you don't people don't realize that actually you have to maybe send messages please 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 go and comment on my post or please go and engage with this and a lot of it is about it's a bit like when somebody puts their hand up um, in class and nobody wants to, uh, when, when a teacher asks a question no one wants to be the first to put their hands up a lot of sort of social media commenting is you know if people see other people have commented and engaged they'll be much more likely to jump on and get involved as well so people often don't realize that they think there's some secret to kind of getting loads of people to look at your Facebook page well if you just post things there and you don't actually get people over to your page <laughs> it's going to, that's just going to happen. There's going to be no magic way that people are going to find your page. So in the early days and the early months, it is actually that painful process often of just kind of maybe, you know, you can get together with a group of friends with similar businesses and maybe agree to help each other out and comment. Um, You might have to strong arm your friends or family. And a lot of people, you know, their objection to that is yes, but then I'll be growing the, the wrong kind of followers on my page. But it is such a chicken and egg thing because, people who who are your right customers and clients if 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 they see that nobody's engaging with your page they'll be less likely to to post and facebook will uh facebook will show your content to to, to less people so 
in the early days, I would just focus on getting engagement, getting people to respond. Uh, does that kind of make sense, Rachel? I think people yeah. often think there's like this secret thing, but actually you have to just be quite like scrappy about it to start off with and you have to actually go out and get people to, to comment. Yeah, absolutely. And I also think, um, particularly like with the dog trainers, um, I think listening to the kind of things that, that their clients are coming to them with and the problems that they're having, that can sometimes turn into... Um, interesting content and and content that will get people talking so if you know like let's say if we're talking about like at the beginning of lockdown one of the ladies who I was working with on the PR program Claire she was talking about how dogs were going to be affected by being in lockdown and you know not having enough walks and stuff and she did this blog post right at the beginning like beginning of March before we even had lockdown and that really really took off because she just tapped into something that was really relevant and and yeah, exactly, and I think yeah. that was, and that was from her just gleaning information from the people who are around her and the people who she's chatting to and in her Facebook group and using that. And like, you know, like, you know, when we were, you, I know you, you don't work in journalism anymore, but when you worked in journalism, you'd have, we'd talk about talkers, wouldn't we? So a story that would get people talking. Yeah, um, yeah. So, and you can use that same kind of method in your social media as well, can't you? And think, okay, what's, what are people going to yeah. engage and, with and connect it, with? It all comes back to knowing your customers and clients really well, which you just touched on there. Like, what are they interested in? What are they, you know, I used to write for The Guardian. So I know that The Guardian readers were often interested in quite different topics. They would, you know, there would be different talkers for Guardian readers than there possibly would for Sun readers. I mean, there would be some things that would, that would affect everybody, but there's certain articles that we might run in The Guardian, which like Sun readers would not be, you know, would not resonate with them at all and vice versa. So it's about really understanding. And like you say, not just understanding what they're interested in, but what they're interested in talking about like today. Um, um, and, you know, like you're totally right. If you've got, um, you know, at the start of lockdown, you've got a dog and you're not sure whether you're going to be able to walk them and how far and, and just how they're going to be impacted just by everybody being at home. You know, there's so many different things, aren't there, um, going on. It's just about being like really um, tuned into to what, what's going on and and not making it not making it any more complicated than it needs to be. Like what are the conversations that you're just kind of having casually with, with people who fit your ideal customer or client profile? That's probably the kind of thing you're talking about. Yeah, absolutely. So I know you touched on this a little bit before, but you talked about, um, you know, rallying the troops really to engage with your content. Um, and that, that can get some momentum going. Um, and, and, you know, once you have that momentum going and you've got that steady engagement, then it grows and grows. Um, but, with the people who, who kind of, you know, someone might listen to this and try that for the first time, and that's brilliant. But um, when it comes to people who kind of feel deflated um, with their content um, because they haven't got the engagement, what, um, you know, what would, what advice would you give to them if they're in that situation where they're thinking, you know, I'm showing up, I'm turning up on Facebook, I'm doing what I feel like I should be doing, I'm, you know, busting my backside and it's just going nowhere and I'm cringing. What would your advice be to them? Yeah, well, there's a, there's a few things there. So um, if you're busting a gut and you're trying to get people to, to comment and people are not engaging, that's usually a sign that your content isn't quite right and you need to do something to your, to your content to change it. And I've got a couple of thoughts on that. The other thing, though, to bear in mind, on the other side of the coin, is I frequently have clients, in fact, I had one the other day, who was telling me that she'd just got a, like a top-level coaching client on LinkedIn and she'd been posting me consistently on LinkedIn and thought nobody was taking any notice. And this woman who, uh, who, who reached out and bought her like top coaching package uh, had, had read all of her posts, had never commented on anything, had never um, engaged with anything, but she was watching. And I think it's important that we remember that as well. The engagement is great. And I think the engagement is normally a sign that what you're, you're doing is resonating with people. But um, the number of people who've told me like, I'm so glad I just kept showing up because actually people were watching. And, and then I did get that I did get that direct message or I did get that email where that person wanted to work with me. So that's, that's, I'm sure you would agree Rachel, as well. There's something really valuable about just showing up um, because there will be people watching. I hear it time and time again. However, I think what we'd like, we'd all like is a much more engaged page. So the the other thing I just wanted to mention was about niching. So, um, and this really feeds in because another thing that you can do and you've done this really successfully, um, Rachel is, is a group. So if you can find a real niche interest area, so if you're a dog trainer that works with a very specific breed of dog and you start a Facebook group like on dog training for that very specific breed you're probably going to fill that group up really quick uh, because you know partly word of mouth but also people will be searching for groups like that um, and 
again, when people are, their content isn't really landing, often it's because they're being too broad. So Mm -hmm. if they're a dog walker or a dog trainer, you know, when you say to them, who's your ideal customer or client, they'll say, oh, well, anyone, I'll just work with anyone, which, you know, I guess all of us are being like that. But if you think about your ideal customer or client for any product or service, people love specialists, don't they? Like, you know, if, if you've got, um, a particular breed of dog and you know that your dog walker or your dog uh, trainer specializes in that you're probably going to be much more likely to work with them and you're, you're going to be likely to pay them more because you're going to see that um, as an advantage so a group is another way but in order to have a successful Facebook group like what you've done with you know PR, PR for pet business owners it and, and with the podcast as well is you've cornered a very specific niche um, so that's another thing if your content isn't working this is this is a whole content issue as well. Often it's because you're trying to be too broad. So you know, let's say for example, you are a um, I don't know, you make dog leads or something, and you're you're sharing content about dog leads, and nobody's really engaging with it. Uh, but it might well be that if you were to, Rachel, you know the answer to this probably. I don't because yeah. I'm not I'm not a dog person. But you know, would there be a particular breed of dog that is difficult to get leads for? Um, it would be harder to get leads, or they're more likely to pull them off or whatever or you know that kind of thing well yeah no do you know what as you were saying that and talking about dog leads I was thinking um there are like loads of different dog leads I'm not an expert on the leads but there's a brilliant um a brilliant business in my in my Facebook group called dog fit and they do dog leads for runners so you know yes that's it yeah yeah the cross the canny cross leads yeah so they yeah. are really, they're really niche um, and they've got really brilliant products as well and just loads of great content from that. But yeah, there are specific, like Debbie from Redhound only makes coats for whippets. That's right, um, yeah. So that's, yeah. A, that's a brilliant niche. And then there's a couple of, there's a lady I had on the podcast actually called the Beagle Lady and she only trains beagles. And she is like, she's only been going for a couple of years, but she has got clients all over the world. She, she's got a really, really lucrative business. She works with like breeders in Texas who breed beagles because she's a beagle expert. Yeah. So it's just incredible. Yeah. Um, so exactly. the niche thing really works. Um, and yeah. yeah, it's just brilliant. And a lot of them have got, fa- a lot of the niche people have got Facebook groups. Um, so like Claire, for example, has got bark- a barking dogs group. There's another lady called Tam and she only, she's niching to work only with collies. Um, and there's a couple mm. of people who only work with like, the sausage there's a lady called katie she only works with um sausage dogs i can never pronounce that, that <laughs> shop. i never know how to pronounce it but anyway, yeah yeah that's yeah. what she does so the niche thing is really interesting because it just and also like the groups as well facebook groups are amazing aren't they like my facebook mm. page doesn't get very much engagement i'm like cringing listening to some of the things you're saying <laughs> but my facebook group is really busy um and that's really great so um yeah so I think just not yeah and if you hard if on you've yourself <laughs> yeah and if you've got a good group you know your page could almost just be you know if, if you if you're doing really well in a group your page could just be a, a, a signpost so when yeah. people come to your page it's there and it just says all the actions happening in the group come and join me in the group however yeah. obviously it is nice to have a, a kind of shop shop front and particularly yeah. creating video as well is a great way to get um to to get engagement video content does does generally do better so if you've sort of gone through and you've thought okay well no I already have a niche and you know I think I'm quite tight um if you've um you know you're actively going out and you're trying to get engagement and you're not really getting anywhere then I would really start to look at your content and there's just a few small things that you can that you can do um and you said before we got on the call that I could I've got like four types of posts and having a framework sometimes can help like different types of posts that you do um so the other thing is, I mean, I would say this because I have a, a social media diary and planner that has awareness days in them, but awareness days can be brilliant because they're yeah. timely and se- seasonal or whatever. So um, so one of the things, the first steps you might do is just kind of go through um, and find out all of the awareness days, which are kind of really relevant to your industry. But actually, I, ho- I hope I'll get time to talk about how it, they don't have to be relevant to your yeah. industry. And you, you can make them <laughs> relevant or to your pet business or whatever um so that might be one place to start as well is like thinking about things that are more timely and seasonal and creating content you know, like you mentioned with the um lady who did the lockdown thing but you know thinking about your business and thinking okay what what are all the Christmas what's all the Christmas themed stuff that I can do yeah what can I do around fireworks night you know so, so, so some of it can be about sort of better planning and being more strategic and thinking well what are people going to be interested in talking about at particular times um but there's other there's there's these four types of posts um which I I sort of systematically share across my 
my social social media but also all of my content really so the first type is what I call I I need to know this content so this is just like tips and advice so um so let's say for example you've got a dog lead company um a, a post or a blog post that you might create is is just a list of tips on how to find the best lead for your dog or what to do if your dog keeps uh taking his lead off or her lead off or um how to find a, a lead that's good for running or whatever it might be mm-hmm. um, those posts uh, they're often really well received in terms of um like people really like them the challenge that you can have with them sometimes is that people they just go hmm that's nice and then they don't comment on them uh, so a little trick that I do with posts like that is I would just say something at the end just like if I gave a list of tips I would say uh, which of these tips did you find most useful? Have you got any to add to your own? So you give me a call to action at the end and you're asking people because the other reason people don't post sometimes is that they don't, you, you haven't asked them to. So. Yeah. Um, so if you've got a list of tips, that can be a really good way in which one and people might go, oh, I really like number five. I hadn't thought about that. Or because if people like talking about themselves, they will, um, they will say, oh, well, I do this as well. Or when my Joey shakes his lead off, this is what, what we do. So that's the first type. Does that kind of make sense? I need yeah. to know this. So this is just useful advice. This could be advice on, you know, helping your dog just to lockdown or, I mean, I've just got um, two new kittens and I've been, it's a really good case in point because my cat, my older cat's 11. And so I couldn't remember really like what age are you supposed to get them neutered and like what stuff do I need to get for them? And like the, my biggest challenge was having new kittens with an older cat and like they hate each other. They don't hate him, but he hates them. And, and so I was Googling all stuff and, and looking for content and how to introduce the the kittens to the new cat and what to do if they hissed at each other and things like that. Um, so it's just thinking about, you know, they're real genuine problems that your customers might have. Like, and, and that kind of, you know, I need to know this content would be really great. You know, if I followed your page and you had all of that advice on, you know, introducing your new kittens to your, your old cat, that would be great. Um, the other type is I know about that content. This mm-hmm. is my favorite because you can literally ask about anything. So I do this every time there's an awareness day that's to do with pets. I always do a post which is like, are you a dog or a cat person? <laughs> or even just do you have a pet? Like share a picture of your pet. I mean, you'd be amazed. Um, you, you know, if you make bedding for pets, like share us a, a picture of your dog's bed or whatever. A pet, especially people when it comes to do with pets, like people just love sharing pictures of their pets. Um, So just a really simple thing like that. And the reason I call them, I know about that is that they're so easy to answer. They don't, if you're just asking somebody dog or cat person and you're telling them, I want you to either post dog or cat in the comments below, it takes them what, like three seconds if that's to respond. They don't have to think about it. They don't need any special qualifications. There's no chance of them like making a fool of themselves or anything. So you can, and you can ask, ask questions about all that kind of thing. Like, um, you know, so we talked about hoovers before, <laughs> you know, you could ask about, you could ask about, you know, if you've got a pet, you know, they shed more hair, like what hoover do you have? Like the story that I told was that we've got one of those cordless hoovers and like me and my husband row about it every day. Cause I say like, it's rubbish. doesn't pick anything up. I'm going to get, I'm going to get a new hoover. I hate this hoover. And it's like <laughs> this whole thread that went on for like, I mean, it was hundreds of comments of people talking about their favorite hoovers and how they fight with their partner. So it doesn't actually always have to be strictly business related as well. Yeah. Um, we can talk more about that later. So does that one make sense? So that yeah, I know definitely. about that. Yeah. Um, then we've got, I know how, how it feels. And I think for pet businesses, this, this can be amazing. So this is when you might share a personal story or a story that you think other people or an experience that others might relate to. So um, just thinking of examples for pet businesses. So it might well be, you mentioned that you, you work with charities, Rachel, who do you know, great work with, with pets. So it might be um, if you had a rescue centre, you might share a story of, of, of a, a dog or a cat or a budgie or whatever it was that you'd, that you'd worked with and, and, you know, had had a really great outcome and found a really nice new home. And, you know, so, so people love those kind of stories. Um, but it also might be an opinion. So it might be um, <laughs> that, that other people could relate to or an experience. So it could be... Um, things that you've experienced as a dog walker. So, you know, maybe you've experienced people like shouting at you and telling you to pick poo up or whatever, you know, things that you think other people might have an opinion about or be able to relate to. I'm I'm sure Rachel, you'd be able to talk about more examples, but um, as a, as a dog owner, I'm sure there's probably things that happen when you're out and about that only another 
dog owner would understand or only somebody who's got that thing in common and, and people are like, yeah, yeah, that's happened to me too. It's that sort of pose. I don't know, Rachel, if you can think off the top of your head, what would be sort of, sort of some pose that you've seen clients do like that? Oh, so the classic one or the one, ones that do that get a lot of engagement are the, um, you know, no, my dog's not friendly or I, I was actually meaning to do this ages ago. Like it's not my dog's job to tell off your dog. So for example, but I know it sounds a bit bonkers, but like people will, I've got, so I've, I used to have an, I used to have an elderly dog and she was really lively and friendly when she was younger. And then as she got older, she got really grumpy and cranky and it used to really, she'd be on a lead and then people would come over and they'd be pestering her and she'd be getting really upset and stressed. So she would then go ah, at the dog or growl. And then They'd say, oh, it's okay. He needs telling off. And it's like, no, this is my senior dog. It's not my dog's job to tell off your dog. So you can tell I'm getting really worked up about it, even though five years ago. But that's something that's really emotive and people would go absolutely nuts about. So um, that that's totally the um, the kind of thing that just gets people talking and and that people feel have strong opinions on. Yeah. And um, to give you the this um i've just got a written another really good example i did that was pet related actually for i know about that i'll just say that we go back to know how it feels but yeah i was sat i've probably you've probably heard me say this about a million times before but i was sat in the hairdressers in this trendy place in shoreditch and they had all these dogs running around the hairdressers now i'm not a massive like dog I've, I've mellowed over the years but my natural inclination is to be a little bit scared of dogs so i'm in the hairdressers and there's all these dogs running around and i'm like i'm not sure if i like this and i was thinking to myself like you know, if you like dogs, you probably think this is great, you know, but if you don't like dogs, this could actually put you off coming to this salon. So I thought, that's really great. And I literally just typed on my phone, on my Facebook page from the hairdresser's chair, I'm in this trendy hairdresser's in Shoreditch and there's dogs running around. What do you say? Yeah, or nay, dogs in hairdressers. By the time I came out, I had over a hundred comments oh <laughs> uh, because people had... But it was almost like a mix of the two. It was really easy to respond because it was like yes or no. But also there was that opportunity to give an opinion about something that might divide people. Um, so, so it's just, I mean, it's just something as simple as that, you know, like a little something that happens to you that feels that you might have forgotten about five minutes later, but it could be, you know, a really engaging post. But back to I know how it feels. Like, and from the other side of the coin, actually, I, as a, a runner, um, I wouldn't dare to post this with the pet audience, but as a runner, I find it really intimidating sometimes. That, so I'm out and about and dogs often, they often run up to me and start jumping at me and their owners always say like, oh, it's okay, he only wants to play. And I'm like, oh, he doesn't look like he wants to play to me. And like, can't you just like keep him under control? Um, and I imagine that that kind of post, it would be something that people would, some people would really relate to it because they'd be like, I'm a runner too. And yeah, I hate it when that happens too. Other people might actually be, a little bit incensed and say you know you should if an owner says that you know that that's fine and you shouldn't you know you shouldn't kind of question that so it is about finding it they kind of like cross over this one and the next mm. one so I know how it feels sharing a personal experience that you know it's not sharing just a personal experience but something you know other people will either say oh yeah I can totally relate to that or you know it could be that they can't and they've got an opinion but the next type number four is this is what I think so this is this is for the brave yeah um but you know that would be an example of it actually so if I was to say do you know what really annoys me is when I go out as a runner and like dogs run up to me and their owners go oh it's okay he only wants to play and I'm terrified because he's it it appears to me like he's snarling at me um then um that's the kind of thing that would be this is what I think but you don't necessarily even you don't have to be an opinionated the clever thing you can do with that is you can just say oh you know I've heard this thing or I've noticed a lot more of this going on what do you think you don't even have to this is the thing people often worry that they have to give their opinions and but actually you can just turn it around and say you know this is something I've noticed a lot what do you think yeah and you don't have to give your opinion just let everybody else talk so yeah that was the four types so it was I need to know this I know about that I know how it feels and this is what I think and the key thing they've all got in common is this call to action so if you want people to engage with your content you need to tell them what to do so you know it you know type type yes or no in the comments or let me know what you think in the comments below it's amazing the difference that will make in terms of the conversation it's like you're giving people permission to to reply it really does make a big difference 
Okay, no, that's um, I, I do. Quite, I like the dog running. I like the running and the dog analogy because it's, it is actually just the really similar thing that you'd have. You your reaction to the dog running over is the same reaction as the owner of the anxious or old or old dog would have. Yeah. So it's just inconsiderate, isn't it? So whether you're a runner or you know someone with a dog on the lead, you feel the same way. Yeah. And, um, yeah. and yeah, it is just like you know, it's not okay to let your dogs go barging up to people. So that would get lots of engagement. <laughs> yeah, no, totally. I got in, I got chased by a farm dog one day. I was out on a long marathon run and these guys were just laughing and this dog was like, I, I thought the dog was going to bite me. It was snapping at my ankles and I, I was quite scared and they were just thought it was really funny. And that actually really upset me. And I did share that on my personal Facebook page. Um my personal Facebook wall, I should say, and it got a lot of engagement. And again, I always come back to that. It's like, if, if, if your friends, cause ultimately Facebook is a friends and family platform, but yeah. all social media is friends and family, isn't it? So if your friends and family would engage with it and would have something to say about it, it's pretty likely that your clients will, you, you, your ideal clients or customers will, will engage with that kind of post too. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, and that sounds really scary as well. So I'm glad that you didn't get <laughs> savaged by a, massive dog um okay so i wanted to go through a couple of you've given like loads of really really helpful tips there but i wanted to go through a couple of scenarios of there's a few people who you know in this list of people who i'm going to give to you but a little bit of a mix of pet service providers product makers photographers um, and kind of charities and rescues and just just to maybe get an example for each one so i'm going to pick on jenny from the great catsby who i know you know because she's in your membership <laughs> and i know her because she's in my group as well uh, but jenny runs a beautiful oh my god it's this amazing boutique cat hotel so I know she's brilliant on social media anyway but if you were like running a cat hotel what kind of stuff would you would you know give us an idea for a post for a cat hotel well it's interesting because when we both first met Jenny she said oh, I just don't know what to post about and we were like what like you've just got <laughs> access I mean behind the scenes stuff whatever kind of pet businesses you've got I mean people love seeing behind the scenes so even if, if you've got pets brilliant so what what she did was she she started to just do like daily videos didn't she where she showed people behind this because she said she's got a cat hotel I told my daughter about it my daughter was like what what's that so she started doing videos didn't she where she showed people like what their rooms were like and uh she she also talked about the um she talked about the uh I think they they FaceTime don't they yeah home to their parents whatever so so I think all of the content we've we've shared before, you know, are you a dog or a, dog or a cat person? Um, asking people questions about, um, you know, giving out tips about, you know, how to how to kind of help your cat prepare for a holiday or whatever. Yeah. You know, all, all of the stuff that you know how to how to how to deal with separation anxiety if your pet misses you on holiday or whatever. Um, all of that kind of stuff. But I think particularly behind the scenes content for her, which is actually what she's done, and she's mm-hmm. done it so well. Um, but even if you have a business where you haven't even got pets people just love seeing in your studio like if you make stuff or you um you know when I bring my diary out every year we always do like an unboxing like so you know people just love to see where it is you work and what you've got there see you out and about you know so behind the scenes stuff is brilliant yeah okay fabulous so that's great for Jenny so the next one I'm going to say is like a product a pet product maker so someone who might make I've got people who make like bandanas who make leads collars cloves uh, we've got a guy in there who makes cat grass or grass um and and then uh, so thought of like debbie from red hound who makes the whippet coats what kind of things Mm -hmm. would you suggest that debbie would share really easy stuff for products and i do this with my products is is just getting people involved in the creation process so i'm sure i think debbie does this because debbie used to be one of my clients but um but say for example you've got a new dog coat range so you know if share people your designs you know so we're, we're, we're putting together our autumn collection uh, these are this is our short list for our you know our, 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 our coats like which ones you like the best or um maybe even asking people about what products so we're thinking about bringing this products on board what, what do you think um so get people involved in the product creation process like ask them like what would they want to buy from you um and, and get them in, involved with all of that I and mean, we've already covered the making stuff so if you make a product or you have a you know unboxing videos um showing you know showing you um even like wrapping something or packaging it and sending it out or whatever honestly like people overthink this stuff a little video like we, we did a little video of um with my um, media diary a couple of years ago, like of Lisa collecting them, who sent about collecting them from the post office, and, uh, and she'd like posted the first first lot, 
uh, she posted the first lot out for the post office and we did a little video of her like skipping away from the post office. Now, it doesn't have to be high tech or high quality. Like people just nosy and they just love to see, you know, funny, funny things. Um, and, and also maybe like getting Debbie getting uh, dogs to model her new yeah. coats and things like that, you know, so, so different dogs, like, you know, which is your favorite model, you know, that kind of thing. Um, so yeah, that, that would be the kind of thing I would do for products. Okay, the products are really lucky actually because they get they often get clients who then send pictures of their dogs looking lovely in their bandanas or exactly, whatever product yeah. it is. So that's that's nice easy content as yeah, well, isn't exactly. it? Um, and then we've got people who like kind of provide professional services. So photographers like Kerry Jordan, who I know you know as well. Um, yeah. So what kind of stuff would you would you suggest that they do? Well, the classic thing I think there is is um is asking people so i don't say for example you're a pet photographer just asking questions about that so you know do you take pictures of your dog like what's your what's your biggest frustration when you take pictures of your dog where do you like to take pictures of a dog send me a picture of you taking you know so although obviously ultimately what kerry would want people to do is to book her what most people you know what most people would, would do ultimately is they might listen to what kerry's got to say and they would then book her because they can't do what she you know but so I know I know some of the content that Kerry's done is she's created like tips you know how to how to create how to take better photos with your iPhone of your of your dog um you know how to um you know create Christmas cards of your and send them out of your dog even asking questions like that actually um so so so, you know, do, do you sign off your cards, your Christmas cards? You know, do you ever get cards made with your dog on them? I'm sure people do, don't they? Uh, yes. Yeah, do you do that? There you go. So that would be fun, wouldn't it, to do a post where you've actually got people to share, to ask that question, like, do you ever get, because um, I think Kerry's actually got a service like that as well, isn't yeah. she? Doesn't she? Doesn't she do that? Yeah. So that would be an ideal, like, just warm up to ask people. Like, I mean, a lot of what I do with my content is just ask people questions all the time. Um, and they're, they're, they're questions about what they're struggling with. So if so, um, what were the other examples that you gave the other service-based businesses? You, you mentioned a photographer and you mentioned a couple of others. So we've, so one of the ladies is like, she does printing for pet businesses. So she does all like, Alison and Amy, she's amazing. She's all like branded products. So like, sorry, Jan, this is like so unglamorous, but things like, you know, bum bags with the, you know, Janet's dog walking on or t-shirts or like poo bag carriers or like anti-back so she's got like these anti-back carriers which are personalized so the kind yeah. of her content actually does really works it's really visual but um they're the kind of pet product they're the kind of pet service providers well it's it's just funny funny that you should say oh, oh you wouldn't you wouldn't um have thought about that because I was just teaching a class earlier on and that was an example I gave actually yeah. the example I gave uh, we were talking about how to create email lead magnets and the example I gave was um, a dog walking bag and somebody said what is a dog walking bag and I don't even really know I, I'm guessing you put your poo bags in there and you put yeah. your toys and stuff for your, for your dog and you take it out and about um, so interestingly enough actually so there's all the usual stuff about you know getting people to tell you you know about new collections you've got coming up and all the kind of stuff I've mentioned before um, but the other thing is just to think about what are the problems that your ideal customer and clients have got and I was saying for example um we didn't manage to persuade my husband but if we have managed to persuade him to get a dog like I have no clue how to walk a dog or like what you do I can imagine like me going to the park with my first dog, dog walk <laughs> and just being really embarrassed and not knowing what to do because I see other dog walkers and they all know each other and they seem to know what to do and it feels to me like there's this whole world of like um and, but also there's probably etiquette isn't there around walking your dog and you've touched on some of that stuff already so she could also create some kind of like um I need to know this content about mm. you know um tips uh, tips on you know if you've got a, a dog for the first time or you know you're taking your pet into a new scenario like you know sort of sort of um tips that are not actually specifically to do well they are because she sells a dog you know dog walking bags and she amongst other things but but just kind of general tips and advice for um for dog owners but obviously if you can kind of steer it around you're going to the park and poo like dealing with poo like <laughs> that is such a good topic I, yeah. I love talking about it but but you know that whole we haven't even touched on this but that whole thing about you know what what, what do you do with your poo what's the um, obviously you do put it in the bin but some people don't do they do you take it home like do you put it here I've got a running friend who she was telling me that she like when she goes up with a dog she puts it in her back pocket of her of her gross uh, um but you know some some I don't know whether there would be sort of some tips around like 
around poo handling or whatever or um, am I barking up the wrong tree no 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 you're not (laughs) pardon the pun no you're not barking up the wrong tree because this is the kind of thing that I tell them to do honestly right there's one there's one girl called Lottie and she makes dog walking bags and then there's also a guy called Ben who makes compostable poo bags um, yeah I think I've met Ben I think yeah yeah he came to your event Um, and I was like oh we need to do something about poo and now I've got the membership, actually, I'm going to do some kind of poo-sade at Christmas. So one of the things, right, that people get really, like Lottie talks about this, she makes poo bag carriers, so it's relevant to her business, is when people get a dog poo, put it in a bag, and then hang it off a tree like it's a bubble. Yeah, it's gross, yeah, so, yeah. But that I think that would be really, like, doing a dog poo bubble crusade thing at Christmas. Yeah. Party brilliant and you could you could also get get people to kind of share pictures of like you could share a story about like the most disgusting thing you've ever seen somebody do with you know with their poo bag or dog poo whatever and then you know you you could collect them as you're going around and then get people to share share theirs I mean people love talking about poo like human poo pet poo whatever (laughs) it's just a gift um and um and and so I think anything around that you know the things that people are really talking about and one one place that you could go and look for ideas is you know just go into like pet forums like yeah. um for your particular breed or you know whatever you especially in the equivalent is mum's net if you haven't got pets but what are the questions that people are asking I mean like we've just got um, um you know these these kittens and they stink like and and you know I'd forgotten how stinky they were and my kitchen just stinks all the time and every time come comes to the door I'm like oh god like the place stinks so you know, content around like how to kind of, you know, get rid of the whiffy kittens, kitten yeah. stink. And somebody was telling me, you know, about how you can buy, we've got an ordinary litten tray, but you can buy one that's got like a roof on it. And somebody was telling me about how they built one under their stairs and like the, the pet could go in and come out as my hairdresser was telling me this, they know everything hairdressers, but, but actually, um, you know, what are your best tips for getting rid of, you know, here are our best tips for getting rid of the litter tray smell or, you know, um, uh, or, or our, our roundup of the best litter trains or whatever. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the possibilities are just endless if you can just think about, like, I think the trouble with content is just that everybody makes it harder than it needs to be if you just sort of imagine, like, what are those conversations that you're having when you're out on your dog walk? Like, what are you chatting to, to people about? Like, what are the things that are winding you up? Like, what are the things that, you know, are frustrating you? Like, they're generally where the where the content is. No, absolutely. Okay, so there's loads of brilliant scenarios there. The fa- I guess the final scenario, and to be fair, these the people who have put in this little group, they don't they normally do really well actually because they're great, they've got great stories, so it's a lot of great storytelling. But um, the final group, I guess, will be like the rescues, social enterprises, and charities. Uh, what would your kind of tips be for them when it comes to sharing content? Well, I think. We, you mentioned this before, didn't you, Rachel, that, that charities, I mean, by the very nature of what they do, they often have really amazing, like, personal stories, don't they, of, um, I was just thinking of, like, me and my daughter, our little guilty pleasure is Paul, what's her name's, um, Paula Grady. the telly who goes? Yeah. <laughs> Paula Grady's, uh, the Battersea home. <laughs> oh, we love watching that. Um, and, and watching him, like, um, try not to take all the dogs home. But um, there's, there's normally loads of really, like, lovely stories, isn't there, about, you know, I say lovely stories, but, you know, real turnaround stories about pets that have been badly treated and then, you know, they've, they've, they've been helped or whatever, or, yeah. or people that have been helped by having pets like, you know, dogs for the blind or whatever. But I think actually with those sort of, um, sometimes that it can get a bit samey because every post is like that, which sounds awful, doesn't it? And then people start to zone out. Like if every post that you do is this kind of really like, you know, killer um, personal story, then then it can almost sort of people can start to just become a bit blind to them so I would really sort of recommend like just mixing it up a little bit and just using some of the the ideas that we've talked about so far like asking people about you know um we're thinking about you know running this kind of event or we're thinking about doing this kind of service or you know we're thinking about running our donations in this way um what what would you what do you think about that and just getting people sort of more involved in in in, in the work I think um and and, and just kind of like varying it up a little bit and um, also sharing tips and advice as well which I think a lot of charities do this really well anyway but mm-hmm. um so you know the classic like it's fireworks night so here's some tips on you know keeping your um keeping your your pet you know really really safe on on fireworks night um but I don't know if you would agree with me Rachel just about sometimes with content it's just about mixing it up and yeah 
if if you if you have a lot of personal stories, the temptation is to just always do that, um, and then not you know, and and also I think opinion pieces as well. I think charities are often in a really great position. Oh, this is probably leads me to another thing. It's actually like campaigning. So um, again, a lot of charities do this, but but you know, doing things like surveys and doing things where there's actually real data to share, like you know, yeah. re- send you know, reaching out to your audience and asking them like what they think about issues and sharing the results and whatever so I just think about sort of just just bearing it and mixing it up a little bit okay fantastic okay so I just wanted to also because you've mentioned um, awareness days a couple of times while we've been chatting and your media diary and um, I know like when you look at if you're planning your content and you're looking at you know looking at the month of December or whenever it is and you're kind of looking at a blank page and thinking oh my gosh what I'm going to talk about um having I've used I've used media diaries for a few years now and used awareness days as a journalist but obviously you've got an actual product now um, which has got all of these in so can you tell us a little bit about tell us a little bit about how awareness days can help you with content and then we'll talk about your diary as well okay so Awareness days for me, they're just like a massive quick win. Yeah. Um, so you've got all of these days, like I'm just looking at October here, like everything from World Smile Day to National Boyfriend's Day to World Animal Day or whatever. And and they're just often just a little springboard that you can use. And all you often need to do is just ask a question, you know, so it's World Literacy Today. Today, we've just asked my Facebook page, like how bothered are you by people's spelling errors? Like, you know, would it put you off working with somebody if they, they had spelling and grammar mistakes? So it can literally be a two minute job just to ask a very very quick question um which can get you tons of engagement i think the thing with pet businesses and actually all businesses where they're quite niche is that they often this is a question i get asked loads about my diary actually so the diary it's a an a4 desk diary it's got like hundreds of key dates and awareness days it's also got like um daily weekly monthly and um annual planning templates and if we've got time i can talk, talk about why that why that's important but with the awareness days um I think that the thing people often think they'll often say, well, I just want a diary just with pet awareness days. And actually, well, no, actually, because then all your content just will become all stale and samey. Yeah. And the trick for me is just to take the awareness day and just give it a pet angle. So I'm just looking at October now. I've got my diary in front of me and I'm just going to show you how you would do that. So National Bullying Prevention Month, first uh, of October, that would be like for humans. I'm guessing it's for humans. But, you know, is bullying a thing for pets? That would be the question I would ask. Like, has yes. your pet ever been bullied? Like, does your pet bully someone else? So this is what I'd always be thinking. Like, how can I put a pet angle? World Smile Day. That would be a cool day to ask for photos of your pet smiling. Yeah. You know, is your pet a smiler? And get them to send a picture. You know, it's so easy. Two minutes to two minutes to put that together. Grab a picture of your pet smiling. Um, National Boyfriend's Day. You know, does your pet have a, <laughs> a partner? Does it have a girlfriend or boyfriend <laughs> it likes to hang out with? Um, you know, uh, World Teachers Day. You could do something about, you know, I don't know, if you're a dog trainer or something, obviously you could talk about, um, you, you could do something sort of teaching related or whatever. Or you could, um, I, I don't know, like you could even do something like, you know, around how hard was it to teach your dog or cat to do a particular thing. Um, World Sight Day. So you could do something on, you know, sight for animals. Um, so in, um, how to spot the signs if, you're, if your pet is having problems with their sight and how that can impact on them. It's Pet, pet Obesity Awareness Day on the 9th. So that's a pet, a pet one. Um, mental, World Mental Health Day on the 10th, 10th. Like I was asking my daughter the other day, I don't know why, but it's like, do cats get depressed? And she's like, yeah, cats do get depressed. So all of this stuff is, is just about, you know, finding, you've got your, your day and just putting a pet angle on it. And so people often think, um, I'm just looking now at national no beard day on the 18th of October. Great one to do like pictures of your pet pets yeah. with beards or without beards or whatever you know so so there's just so much scope it's just and it these can literally be things that you can create in minutes and then that gives you the mental space to then put together maybe those more involved pieces the personal stories the turnaround stories are behind the scenes but these could literally just take you minutes and you can schedule them all up get them in there get the engagement and it's done mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Just on that, um, on a couple of those days, I've done, I did a blog post on a pet blog about um, how my, how my old dog, bless her, helped me find the right boyfriend. And she basically, if, if, if I had a boyfriend <laughs> and he wasn't very nice to Daisy, I'd just get rid of him. And then when I met Tommy, I just remember coming home one day and he was walking down the road with her and they were both like looking at each other. And I remember just thinking, Oh God, he's so lovely. And Daisy loves him. And here we are. So 
So it's true. Like you can definitely, I mean, I did a whole blog post on, on my pet helping me find a boyfriend. So it does yeah, work. And you could do like, you could just say, you could say like, you know, um, I've seen loads of articles and posts on like, you know, what, what would you do if your, if your child didn't like your partner? But what if your pet doesn't like, you know, that would get loads of stories. I think yeah. if you said like, you know, have you ever had a, you know, a, a partner that hasn't, your pet has hated, like what happened, you know, yeah. um, that, that could be a good post as well. So it's just about, it's just about using your imagination a little bit and they can, I know I've said it about a million times, but it can take minutes to put these together. Mm. Like it, it is not a big job. Definitely. And I've just seen uh, it's World Toilet Day on November the 19th. So we were actually talking about this. And <laughs> poo, mem- we can talk about yeah, poo. we can talk about poo. We were talking about this in the membership because we do a bit of forward planning in there. And we were talking about, I put that on the list of days to think about for content. So yeah, like people just love talking about toilets and, and stuff like that, don't they? And the mental health thing is a massive thing. Like there's so much uh, research into pets and mental health and the benefits that, that having them brings us. Um, so that's always a great angle. And there's a lot of mental health awareness days in there as well, isn't there? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Um, okay, so you mentioned it before, but tell me about the, and I know I know about this because I've got, I've got the diary and I've had it for a couple of years, <laughs> but tell me about the templates and, and how they work. Yeah, so the easiest way I think to put a content plan together is is not to sit down and try and think of what to do every day because you just die. <laughs> you have to do that. It's, so I always advise people just to start by just taking a broad look across the year and go, okay. And this is actually how we met, how our, our paths crossed, isn't it? What I'm going to say yeah. now. And say, okay, so look at the different quarters in your year. So, okay, what am I going to be doing in my business? Like in, you know, January to March, quarter one, then April to June, and then uh, July to September, October to September. So what am I going to be doing? What are the key things? Am I launching anything new? Is there anything happening? I'm going to go, unfortunately, none of us are going to events at the moment, but you know, am I running any events? What, what, what's happening? Um, and so, so I think what happened was you were listening to me on my podcast saying, well, at this stage, people often say to me, yeah, but what if I don't know what I'm going to be doing in my business? And I said, well, if you don't know what you're going to be doing in your business, you haven't got a business and you need to basically dial it back and go okay like yeah do that first because if you've got an idea of like what you're going to be launching and that was the bit that Rachel pulled over to the side of the road I think wasn't it when you heard me say that um if you if yeah. you don't know what you're going to be doing in your business yeah I just used to wait for the phone to ring so that was very, no I didn't I was I was pretty I was proactive but I didn't I could never plan ahead because I just didn't know what I was doing I was just freelancing and that was it but anyway sorry carry on yeah so that's the thing is and and so then the other thing people say to me is well but I sell the same product or service all year round so I can't possibly like plan well yes you can because you can't sell even if you only sell one thing if you only sell dog training or you only say dog leads or like cat litter trays or whatever you can't sell it the same way the whole year round and there will be natural I call them peak points so um so let's say for example you sell dog training there are natural times in the year when people are more likely to get a new dog aren't there so there's Mm -hmm. um I'm, I'm guessing it's like obviously Christmas, um, but also when people come back from their summer holidays and September when kids go back to school, you know, there's, there'll be certain yeah. times when you'll know people are more likely to invest in your product and service. So you might sort of up your content at that time or do special promotions or do special events or whatever. And if you are selling the same thing all year round, it's just about you thinking, well, I need to create like almost like mini campaigns in order to talk about it differently or bring something new element in or, or whatever. So uh, that's not an excuse for not doing content. Um, so then it's about just looking across, okay, what are the key things? And then just starting, like I would really recommend that, I mean, ideally as a business owner, you need a website and you want to be getting people to visit your website. And how do you do that? You publish regular content. So if even if you were just to sit down and go, you know, I'm, I'm going to publish one thing on my website every year, every week, sorry, it doesn't have to be every every week it could be uh once a month or you know but ideally i would take this once a week and you and, and you might actually just start by thinking about a list of common questions so you know if you if you run a cat hotel what are the key things people ask you you know how do i litter train my kitten what age can my kitten go out um uh you know oh, people ask you know how, how do i stop the litter tray from stinking or whatever uh, you just you know you just kind of create you know you look across the year and you start to kind of just put out you know maybe each week like one one key piece of content it could be on your website it could be maybe on your social media or whatever um and then you just and then 
you know, you might just have some ideas about what you're going to be doing across the year. And then I would just recommend doing it quarter by quarter. So then sitting down, you, know, you might have a bit of a rough idea of what you're going to be doing across, across the year. Maybe you've sketched out some kind of possible ideas for each quarter. Like maybe it'd be a good idea if I did some content on this, that and the other, depending on what's going on, Christmas themed stuff, Halloween stuff, you know, like, and then, um, and then I wouldn't, rec- I would recommend sort of maybe sitting down every 90 days or so, and then just kind of, again sort of broad like what am I going to focus on each week maybe having a bit of a theme for each week for your content and ideally it ties into something that you're selling you know so you're a product or service that you're selling or you, you know you're going to be having a push on at that time um and and just kind of doing it really broadly to, to start off so you know doing a 90-day plan having an idea of what you're going to be doing each week and then maybe sitting down like once a month once a week just to kind of start to kind of kind of fill it in um but the key thing is that like, don't try and sit down and, and plan your whole year in one sitting and, and plan out what you're going to be doing every day but just having a kind of broad idea across the year like what are going to be the key points like what are going to be the busy times for you what sort of ideas have you got kicking around that you could do um but you don't have to kind of do it in any detail and then just sit, sitting down 90 days at a time like what am i going to be focusing on each week and then just putting some some aside some time in your diary um you know once a month once a week just to sit down and kind of start to get a little bit more detail does that kind of make sense um but it's not about trying to do everything in detail at once it's just getting the bigger picture and then making mm-hmm. it a bit smaller and smaller and in the diary we've got templates for all of this stuff and there's fully there's instructions on how to do it Definitely. Um, so the other thing I would say as well, actually, because you mentioned about creating content and creating content for your website. So a lot of the people who are in my Facebook group, um, they aren't creating regular content for the website. But what they are doing is they are creating regular things on social media. So I always try and encourage them to, if you've got a Facebook post that's done really well, put it in a folder, put it somewhere where you can lay your hands on it, and then you can turn it into a blog post later. So actually, if it might, if you're listening and you're thinking, I can't do a blog post every week. You can perhaps start by, you've got your regular content, but, you know, keep the stuff that really resonates. And then at a later date, you can turn it into a blog post because you know that that is, it's, you know, it's something that's striking a chord with your followers. So let's say we're talking about anxious dogs at Halloween or on bonfire night. You've, you've had that post, it's done really well. And then actually when you've got time, you can turn it into a bigger post that you can put on your website and then it all kind of just feeds nicely into each other. So yeah. If it does sound overwhelming, then you can, you know, build up to doing a blog every week or every, even if it's every month, you just build it up and up and up until you're kind of ready to do it. So yeah, that's what I would, that's what I would. And I think that's a really good piece of advice about, sorry, I think it's a really good piece of advice about that being the first step. So, you know, have a look across the year, like what are going to be the key dates that you're going to need to create, you know, content around, but what have you already got? Like yeah. you say, you might already have some Halloween posts. You might already have some, um, you know, or dressing up your dog for Halloween. People love that kind of stuff, or your cat or your parrot or whatever. <laughs> uh, um, but um, you've probably already got content and photographs. You, you, you probably start with actually what you've got and then you can build it out from there. Yeah, definitely. Um, but but yeah, like you say, when we when we talked about the diary at the beginning, um, just having those having some spaces filled in it, filled in your like monthly content plan, it's just such a such a great start, isn't it? When you and and also just have the prompts for ideas as well. I know we've talked about like loads of things that can give you content yeah. ideas, but having those prompts, I think, is really helpful. Yeah. Um, and even if you, you were just to say, well, I've got to have one key piece of content a week um, and that's going to be my key piece of content. And then I'm maybe going to post two or three times a week and I could use, you know, some, some awareness days or something like that. I can quickly just turn around a post, you know, that is doing that consistently is going to make a big difference across the course of a year. Definitely. Um, and yeah, I kind of, you know, I think once you get into the habit of doing this, you do, you do see the momentum, you do see the, the, the numbers grow, you see your followers grow and you, you see, you know, more, more inquiries and that kind of thing. And that does help you keep going, doesn't it? Yeah. And I mean, I've, I've just written a, uh, a blog post about this myself, but with the, the planner, you know, I always really encourage people to, to think about how they can create content that obviously leads into a product or service. And, you know, I've got tons of examples of, I mean, yourself included of people who've, who've used the dates, um, to, to, to create content or to to do something that's going to lead to a specific product or service at a specific time. I would totally encourage you to do that. I mean, last year we used Blue Monday. Um, so Blue Monday is officially the most depressing day of the year. And we had, with my social media diary and planners, we like to have them all sold up by the end of January. And we had, uh, there was one particular style. I shouldn't say it was the least popular. I won't put it like that. But others were more popular. And this Hawaiian one, we had more left of this one. So we did this, this kind of promotion around Blue Monday where we, we said, buy, buy a Hawaiian, win a Hawaiian. 
And we sold thousands of pounds of worth of diaries. But it's just about, you know, that one little date, that one little spark. Yeah. And it's just, you know, turning it into into something. It didn't take a lot of time to kind of organize that. Um, it's just a little bit of planning ahead. You know, just think, even thinking ahead, I think can make a, a huge difference. A lot of people, you know, with like Christmas stuff, they, they only think about it on, you know, de- December the 7th or something, by which point it's too late. Um, and, you know, if you've got a kind of business where there's a lot of uptake in January, like, you know, people having new pets or whatever. Um, if you can just start thinking about that in November or mm-hmm. October, you know, you can start creating much better quality content, I think, if, you, if, if you're not just doing it in a rush. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, you know, planning, I, I try to get the people in the membership to, we, we actually have former planning sessions where we plan like four months ahead. And it feels yeah. weird when you're talking about like Christmas in July or August or whenever, but it, and it, you feel silly, don't you? But it's like, actually, you know what, if you do, if you do a little bit of work now, then you're going to be all, all set to go, aren't you? And you're not doing it on the fly and you're not going to miss things, which is what exactly. we don't want to do. Yeah, totally. um, and also it gives you time, like Karen, I've just been talking to one of the dog trainers and she has created some amazing COVID program, like COVID canine programs. And that's because she's, you know, she was doing, you know, she was planning ahead and thinking ahead and anticipating what was going to happen when we came out of lockdown. So, um, yeah, so totally. yeah. All, all over the forward planning so okay well I feel like you've given like so much information there and I've got so many pages of notes even though I've kind of been listening to your your work for a long time now but um it's been really helpful so thank you and I love that you've personalized it for pet people and talked a lot about poo which is always good <laughs> um so yeah so tell me um is there anything that is there anything that we haven't covered when it comes to taking the pain out of content planning? I really don't think that there is, but if there is, then please shout up now, Janet. No, I'm pretty I'm pretty sure we haven't. And just the one thing I would say is, look, this stuff it isn't easy. Like if it was easy, then everybody would have really busy, engaged Facebook pages and Instagram pages. And the people who the people who do manage to build up an engaged online following and having, you know they didn't just wake up in the morning, like knowing how to create brilliant content. It took a bit of time, a bit of practice. It took, you know, I still post things that flop and bomb like all the time and I just learn from them. But I think the, th- the trick is to keep going. I think so many people just give up with their content at the point where they're just starting to get a bit of traction and they give up and it's just like, just keep going because it really will like that happens with, um, uh, the great Catsby, um, Oh God, I've had a, a name slip. Um, Jenny, he- Jenny, 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 God, sorry. Like, I do know Jenny, but you know, she, she, she went from somebody who said like, Oh, I just, I don't know what to do. I don't know what content. And we were both like, you have a cat hotel. Oh my God. And she's just such a confident, you know, you've helped her a lot, Rachel, haven't you? But she's such a confident content creator now. She's stuck at it, hasn't she? She's been consistent, you know, so we don't expect miracles straight away, but if you show up and you're willing to learn and you look at the other content, look at, you know, look at the content that engages you, um, then you will get there. Just don't give up. Don't give up too soon. The, the rewards are there, but you, you need to stick with it. Yeah, absolutely. And um, and yeah, and there is, you know, we do kind of people come, people will say, oh, I want to go viral or I want to, you know, I want to have this many followers and all these things. And they want like these massive, massive, they want to achieve these massive things like, you know, in the blink of an eye and it, it you know it just doesn't happen so if you know it does like you've just said it does take time and you just have to keep keep chipping away and keep keep showing up and and dust yourself off when things don't work out and at the end of the day like if you post something on Facebook and nobody responds or you don't get any engagement if it's really that bad you can just take it down can't you so. exactly exactly yeah exactly and people move on they're bored and they move on to the next thing yeah um so yeah really really just 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 keep at it you know it it takes time and as I say if if it was easy to build an audience and to have like people you know loads of followers and when everybody would would have it you know so just the the people who stick with it and they're willing to let you say dust themselves off you know get knocked down get back up again they're the ones who reap the benefits in the long run fantastic okay so Janet I will link to all of these things in the show notes anyway but um can you tell us where people can find out more about you and more about your brilliant media diary yeah, so best place to find me online, I guess, is my website, which is janetmurray.co.uk. Um, and the media diary is janetmurray.co.uk slash 2021 media diary. But I'm sure Rachel will put that in the show notes. Um, on social media, Instagram is where I'm most active. So at UK, And I have a podcast, The Janet Murray Show, which is um, it's more sort of general advice for uh, social media marketing, content marketing, email marketing, building audiences. Uh, so we kind of build on the, on the kind of things that, that you learn with Rachel on this show 
Fantastic. Okay, well, look, thank you so much for coming on the show and thanks for all the brilliant ideas. Um, it's been really lovely talking to you. So thank you again. And I know that people listening will get loads of um, great, great help and support from, from listening to this as well. So thank you. Oh, thanks so much for having me. Thank you for listening to the Publicity for Pet Businesses podcast. For more free resources on ways to promote yourself as a pet entrepreneur, visit www.publicityforpetbusinesses.co.uk.